Hi, friends. It's Aislinn. And Joe. Welcome to season three at our dinner table. And nothing is off limits at our nope. dinner table. So settle in, mm. grab your favorite beverage. And pull up a chair. Because we have a lot to talk about. with my ability to pull off the autumn decor and any any pumpkin we would want to eat over the fall season i have it for us how happy are you with this the studio room the add-on oh i love everything about this home the spaces that were created it's amazing to me how i'm seeing things come to life that i've been thinking about for minimally a year, if not way more than that, because studio rooms where you can do planting projects and seed projects and record a podcast and watch a movie and it's... Speaking of recording a podcast, hi, welcome to the dinner table. (laughs) We're so glad you're here. Yeah. We have a lot to talk about, a couple of meals we had and all the big changes going on at the farm. The transition is ongoing. Yeah. We just came back from across the street, so to speak, and had a delicious dinner with your folks. Yeah. That's very helpful. We're getting now past that first week figuring out where well, you still don't know where anything is in the kitchen, but figuring out like, where did I put my screwdriver? I need my screwdriver. Where mm-hmm. where did my screwdriver mm-hmm. land and what is my screwdriver's home? And now we're kind of getting into the real daily scheduling. Right. And so anytime your mom texts and says, I'm thinking of making chili with some gluten-free cornbread for Aislinn. And it's like, Yes. You know? Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. A blessing on a night like tonight when we all gather, both girls are here and we get to walk across the street. Yeah, they have fun at the table. And then Pop-Pop and Nan have already eaten, but they're going to pull up a chair and take advantage of all of this new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom's getting to cook for, as she said, the grandkids, you know, it's things that are coming out of the garden and things that we're figuring out. But the girls were funny tonight. They were really cracking. Everybody was in a good mood. They were cracking each other up yeah. and kind of being a little bit obnoxious, so, like a little, themselves. Like, you know, like Savannah leaned over and said, what is this thing on the back of your shirt? There's a whole like panel here. Oh yeah. Because she had not seen me in my fishing shirt that I got for the camping trip that we took during season two. And Lily, in a whole separate conversation, goes, is your dad wearing the white dad uniform? Yeah, the white dad uniform. And I looked up and I was like, oh, yeah. So a fishing shirt is like a um, that dry weave material, very, very thin. It's got pockets on it for your different things yeah. that you might use when it's you're fishing. It's a nice fishing. shirt. But it's got a big like wind panel in the back. Yeah. And the answer to Savannah's question is... Because when your shirt gets wet, mm-hmm. because you've worn it in the beach or you... Or you sweat. <laughs> yeah. And like, this is a great shirt to garden or work outside in mm-hmm. because once it gets wet, if you stand there for a little while, the wind blows through your shirt and dries it out. And that's the purpose of it. And I told Lillian, I have avoided the white dad uniform <laughs> for years on purpose. As a rebellion against yeah. like some well-made clothes. Yeah. Like... I get it. Uh, it's like anytime you I see a wear person, the uniform. anytime I see someone wearing a cowboy hat for fun inside of a restaurant, at that point I say, you're just well, in a Halloween costume. In fairness, of and course I didn't want it's to go the as a routine fisherman. or the uniform in this part of Texas Certainly. because it's, we're outside. A cowboy hat is a tool that, and... was, that has evolved into perfection for a cowboy on a horse all day in the sun. <laughs> 
You don't wear I a cowboy would... hat to church. But hey, look, that's just me. That's and not I... true. The cowboys wore cowboy hats to church. They just wore dress cowboy hats. If a cowboy was at church with a cowboy hat on, I wouldn't be talking about it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about at all right now. So I avoided this fishing shirt. <laughs> But I bought one for that camping trip, and I'm a convert. Yeah. There's a reason why this shirt it's exists. well-made clothes. It is utility, and <laughs> yeah. it is awesome. I appreciate well-made clothes. And the older I get, the easier it is to just invest in well-made clothes. And so I appreciate that, even if I fall into the uniform category from time to time. And that's just with age, because at this point, I don't really care. I just want to be real comfortable and have everything I need. <laughs> I enjoyed our talk about chickens last week so much. I'm ecstatic that we're at the farm, and I can now begin to increase my poultry flock. <laughs> this is not the chicken show. But it's where we are in life but, right now. Exactly. Welcome to the dinner table talks. If there, Did we do that yet? If, there, if, <laughs> if it is new... Then I want to talk about it because there is so much new I out got my here. drink. <laughs> there is so much new out here. And one of the things, like you heard us talk in the previous seasons about our backyard chickens, but one thing I never did was install an automatic chicken coop door that goes up when it senses that it's sunrise and it goes down when it senses that it's sundown. And because the chickens are programmed to go to bed before sundown, mm -hmm. it works. Mm hmm and we had to go out every night, an Alexa went off or a, some kind of alarm went <laughs> or off. Or my uh, calendar went off every day. Yeah, and I would go outside and I'd pull a rope with a pulley, and it you know, worked real well, except mm -hmm. I, I knew someday I'm going to have that automatic chicken coop and just eliminate this from my life. Well, because we pulled your dad's old coop from the back 40 and brought it up here near the house, he had installed one of those. Mm -hmm. So today, when he was doing his, I'm going to go around the farm and make everything better thing that he does, mm -hmm. he... <laughs> got that thing operational again it's as if it's like christmas morning like <laughs> when something that is going to completely enrich your life every single day comes into it uh -huh. you celebrate this is a celebration day in the life of our chickening well it's a celebration day anytime i get the chance to buy chicks again it's it is fun i am so excited i'm all like oh my god I'm buying chicks. So we kind of put the feelers out like we could use some more actual active laying hens yeah. and some folks have gotten in contact with yeah. this. I guess we're going to pick up some new birds in the next couple of days. Yeah, we have a few uh, hens that are already laying coming to us. So that'll help increase our eggs because we don't even have enough for our two families really right now. We're buying eggs at the farmer's market. Yeah, I did that for like the that. first time in a long while today. Yeah. Because Which is cool. Like, that's great. It's, Thank it's you. The heat. That we're in right now interrupts their production. I think the shock of moving has interrupted their production. So yeah, I had to supplement. So Savannah at dinner tonight was like, okay, if we get a black chicken this time, we're going to get a black chicken, right? I want to name her Onyx. Can I name her Onyx? Can I name her Onyx? And I was like, this is just going to be a kind of a generic flock. I have no idea what we're even getting, but we're ordering new baby chicks oh. and I'll make sure that we get one that's black. I think we're going to get a black Astralar, which so. is one that we haven't gotten before. My theory about how we go about doing this is, is that I think that we order in small chunks, the smallest batch that we can get. Then we can just add some more chickens to our flock and order a batch of chickens, you know, and we've got a farm. Chickens might roam free around here. <laughs> like, <laughs> if the chickens escape, I'm not going to chase them. <laughs> right. And we're already in the process of, and my dad even mentioned tonight that he would come pick up the part so that he can get it over here so that we can get the portable like chicken tractor built. Right. 
in order for us to be able to move the chickens through helping me. Right. Okay, because everybody wants to be able to see me, especially this time of year, get into production as efficiently as possible and be able to get my plants in action and be able to keep moving through my gardens and have the materials that I need available to me. And I can see that there's like a lot of activity from you, my dad, my mom, mm -hmm. everyone see, sees that coming together. And you need some new tools. That's right. It's planting season and it's cleaning season. And I'm out there on my hands and knees cleaning things that chickens can do. Right. We need a lot of chickens is my point. We need a lot of poultry. And Joe was asking me, well, like how many? And so I was like, well, we're going to do this thing. And then when we add well, this no, let's to go, that, let's, let's go through it. We chicken have, math. We had six. We got the rooster, seven. Mm -hmm. We're getting five from your friend, 12. Yeah. Now we're going to order some chickens. Then we get eight. You said eight to 20. I said, let's just even it out to 10. Now we're really getting into chicken math. Chicken math is that chicken enthusiasts have more chickens than they probably need, but never have enough. Yes, but I'm a, I'm a producer. Yeah. So I can have as many chickens so as I want. So we're ordering eight? Is that what we settled on? I'm going to order eight chickens. I think that, that is, I, I want to do small flock new batches and I want to do upgrades and yeah. I got a whole system in my head well, and he, I'm pretty good at visualizing things that come to be and are pretty awesome because this house is great. Everything. So in these eight that food. we order, I do want to order a few that have afros. Just, just a few that have the afros crested, and cool colors. Crested is and, what they're called. Well, whatever. We're going to try to order at least one of those. Right. The, the challenge with that is, okay, here's the other thing that you have to understand about chickens. We're going to talk about this, not the chicken show, but no, no, we we're might almost be done. Just, I promise. Okay. When you order chickens, I, I'm real particular. I have a certain hatchery that I like to order from. Ideal poultry. They're awesome. They're here in Texas and we've had one scissor beaked chicken. But I haven't had any issues with anything else. And I've never gotten any roosters when I only purchased pullets. Right. Some of the ones that you want, some right. of these fancy chickens, mm -hmm. we're going to have to choose a couple of straight runs. So a straight run means that they don't know whether it's male or female. And you might end up with a rooster. So we could end up with a bunch of really fancy roosters. That could happen in this Oh, scenario. I'm not worried about any of that. That'll all work itself <laughs> Of out. course it will. Of because course it we're going to get into the whole, hey, we have an extra rooster and look how gorgeous it is. And we'll trade you two hens for it. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> Onward and forward. Unanswered questions. What happens when one of the unanswered questions remains unanswered? Is that a special thing? A double dong? <laughs> That's about... <laughs> I mean, you remember the double dong episode in Silicon Valley uh -uh. where they're, they they figure oh, out the yeah. coding <laughs> and it's the double dong coding, okay. Okay. basically. If people could see your hand motions. Can we move on? Okay. So last week we were talking about herbs. <laughs> what? You said herbs, and I just was thinking... That's how I pronounce it. I know, but <laughs> that started on this show. Yeah. And you asked me for something the other day, and you said herbs <laughs> in real life. Yes. This is real life. I thought our life was an open book. <laughs> I used ground uh, mustard as an example of how right. they're not interchangeable. And you said, no, Joe, ground mustard and powdered mustard... The herb, actually, that's a spice, is <laughs> right. Uh huh. The same. They're just 
ground. Right. Because I had said that you shouldn't interchange dill seed with dill weed. Well, dill seed and dill weed make sense to you me. You are correct. It's because it's the frond right. versus the seed. Right, right. You were right, is my point. <laughs> That's it. Then I ask, <laughs> what was that 90s term for when a woman's thong sticks up above oh her God. jeans? I cannot believe we're talking about this again. A whale tail. I knew what it was last week. Well, why? That's not offensive. It's not that it's not offensive. It's actually it's just, perfect. I it looks like a humpback whale's tail I, sticking up out of the water. I don't even care. Well, you might care that just a few months ago, several people ran articles about how the trend of the whale tail is back because one of the Kardashians and some other celebrity exhibit, oh, Beyonce, exhibited a whale tail and it's like, oh, it's back. Okay. I thought you were, I was wondering I thought you how were a fashionista. The whale tail can only come back if the Lil Ray's jean is back. Listen, if we're going to bust out low rise bell bottoms again, I'm in style again, y'all. Come on. It always comes back around. Unanswered. But I'm too old to wear a thong, so there's no whale tails coming out of me these days, man. And if that does happen, it's a total accident. <laughs> You're too old to wear a thong. I thought thongs were utilitarian and when you wanted to wear a slim dress and not have panty lines. Isn't that why a thongs Who even exist? ever told you that story? That's the reason for the thong. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, this is going to be I've not even night. shaved my legs or armpits. Do you think that I'm going to wear a thong? I, I, I know that you don't. <laughs> what does BKK, one of our favorite Thai restaurants in town, use as their fry dip? What is it? In their curry fries. Yeah, panning curry. You've just been double donged. <laughs> I was actually just thinking today that it was about a year ago that I went to Charleston, South Carolina. Is that, that was where a, I went? That was a fun <laughs> episode to listen back to because you came back, moved in many ways, certainly with that tale that you told from the plantation. Looking back on your life in this way is very fascinating. What, what do you mean? Because there's a lot going on. There's a lot of change happening in first, small first, amounts of time. First of all, it doesn't feel like a whole year's gone by. But secondly, it feels like 20 years have gone by. Right. Exactly. So one year ago today, can you? it doesn't feel like it was a right, year ago. Right. And how much has changed in that amount of time. And things that I was thinking about back then, thinking, oh God, they'll never be here, are like here and gone already. Right. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Life's just fast. And I, I think that the most interesting part of this part of the show where we talk about what we talked about last season is understanding time or like being able to reflect in a very timely manner. Like I said, every week, I think about the same thing related to the garden and seasonality. I think it's fascinating to be able to look back at your life like that. Well, you start to associate things with when I planted the carrots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. This time last year, I was planting the carrots and I had just gotten back from South Carolina. This time of the year last year, I was nursing baby plants and you were taking care of them for me while I was out of town. Yeah. And... I'm nursing baby plants uh -huh. <laughs> and everything in our life is upside down and trying to get right side up again. Yeah. Last week you said that my curry chicken wings and my curry fries had great flavors, but were cooked wrong because yep. I'm still getting used to that stove Yep. and oven. And you are 100% right. I mean, that's I just fried normal. okra last night. So I had the grease on the stove top with my digital thermometer because I'm trying to hit specific 
temperatures mm-hmm. for the chemistry of cooking this thing correctly. Mm-hmm. But the other one, I turned those knobs exactly where I needed them to be for seven years. I mm-hmm. figured the whole thing mm-hmm. out. So yeah, that's part of it. That okra came out a little overdone. <laughs> Definitely. But I think I hit a grand slam after you said, and you didn't say it exactly like this, but I heard, if you don't use these leeks in the next day or two, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> no way. <laughs> if I've got to put the, give these leeks to the chickens. Your perception of me is off base, dude. There's a little bit of exaggeration there, but you had been asking me to do the leaks, do these leaks, do these leaks. Two leaks, two, I guess those were your first two. Well, no, the thing about it is, is that I had harvested some leaks back, way back, but life had gotten complicated and we were, produce was piling up. And so like and three, leaks three or went four to leaks went to waste. And right. I didn't grow very many leeks this year. I didn't have a lot of luck with them. When you say... These came out of the garden now. And I was say, so impressed. And I was like, they can't go bad, man. Please don't let these go bad. Cook with leeks. Mm-hmm. I immediately go to potato leek soup. Like that's going to be the first thing yeah. that I make because yeah. it's known. We've done it. Mm-hmm. But there were only two leeks there. So I didn't have enough. Right. I was like, I'm not going to make a half a cup of soup. Yeah. I had some pork chops in the freezer. I just Googled pork chops and leeks. And up came pork chops with leeks and a mustard sauce. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is just gourmet enough to really wow these people. You sprinkle your pork chops with salt, thyme, rosemary, and pepper, and let that sit for as long as you can. Mm -hmm. I've begun doing this thing that when I use bacon on a weekend morning to make us all breakfast, I Uh just cook the whole pound. Yeah. That bacon's going to get used. Right. I had done that that morning. So I had the bacon already. Did you buy bacon today at the farmer's market? I'm going to tell you now, you never have to ask me that question ever again. Did you use your coupons? I used my coupons at the farmer's market tonight. (laughs) Our turkey hollow friends. If you spend $50 anytime, they give you a $10 coupon that Mm -hmm. you can use. And I'd collected many of them in my wallet. So I thought tonight's meat would be on the house, but Mm -hmm. the selection was so good that I ended up getting a new coupon. Mm. After you make your bacon, you use the grease that's left behind to sear your chops. Mm. Get those off the heat. Then you take more of that bacon grease and you saute your leeks. (laughs) Why is this taking so long? (laughs) Add garlic. Add brandy. I used wine. And then broth. And then you've got this like leek base that you put your pork chops back on, cover, simmer. Describing that to me the way you described it to me, it explains to me why it's so good. Because I really like that kind of gravy cooked down, smothered, kind of a smothered cooked down. And then being able to use, like, that's the thing. It's like, what can we do where it's not like leak focused, but where, where can we add leaks into our life? Where do you use leaks? Well, you cook them with meat. Oh, okay. Then I'm going to give you the hammer. With your pork chops down, it's time to make the mustard sauce. <laughs> oh, we're just now to that. My God, this is lost. <laughs> Boil all of the liquid down until I don't know all what the liquid's you're out. Get out of this so podcast. now you've got leeks, right? Leeks that have been simmering in this juice. Mm, then you whisk so in your Dijon. 
your creme fraîchée. I'm not pronouncing that correctly. I just use milk. Oh, and then I was you say. and then you whisk, 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 and then that's your sauce that I poured on top of those pork chops. But you said if you don't want your ass kicked, you better use my onions, you better use my tomatoes, and you better use my potatoes, and you better use my squash. I said all of that, except that I didn't grow the tomatoes, but used my friend's tomatoes because she did. So I Googled that. It was really good. And got, that was the other dish you made. And I got potato, tomato, squash, bake, and you just slice those up quickly that like a ratatouille. Fantastic. You do onions on the bottom, and then you, you arrange the things. Look for our Facebook page <laughs> so that you can see a beautiful photo of this thing before it's cooked. Then you cook it down. The tomatoes, the potatoes. It's still taking a long time. I'm done. <laughs> that whole dinner was a very delicious dinner, and we've been having fresh salads with everything. What'd you put on your salad tonight, besides just the lettuce from the store? Well, quickly. Because I'm, shut up. Because I'm making the salads, I know what all is the most fresh and the tiniest. And so I've been made, tonight's was an awesome salad. It was lettuce and cherry tomatoes, both of those you bought from the grocery store because I don't have those right now. But then I put some of my onions, sliced up very thinly, fresh okra. And this is a thing I'm telling you guys. Even if you're not a big fan of okra, take one or two small okras from your okra plant that's growing in the backyard that's overgrowing because you don't really like okra that much. One or two small ones, slice it really, really thin yeah. and toss it on top of your salad. It's very tasty and it is also extremely good for you. It adds things to your nutrient base like zinc that almost everyone doesn't have enough of. I also added some watermelon, but here's the thing about that. The reason I've been adding the watermelon to a salad, just a basic salad with onion and pepper and, you know, basic salad, is that this watermelon came off unripened, and so I had to do something with it. I've been using it in my smoothies, but watermelon tastes really good even if it's not really ripe. You just want to use it in different ways. So I've just been slicing up really, really thin. It kind of tastes like a cucumber. And right now I had one little tiny cucumber also. I think that you making the salads is a valuable thing because you're able to use the produce in ways that I wouldn't have thought about. Oh yeah, it's all going to get used. What did I say earlier that the most interesting things that are going on, the newness of it all. Yeah, I mean, I just think that it's change. It's Everything. a big change. Everything is the a change. Sched our schedule, we still haven't even begun to figure it out or navigate the entire thing. Right. We're recording this with the sun down, <laughs> and that's going to be our new recording time. When prior to now, I would come home and do a long lunch and record. Mm -hmm. But I can't pop home, right? So that's just one of dozens of, of changes that are going on and i you know I, I'm, I'm not sure if you and i have processed it well together all of the changes i do that other podcast i used to, to record monday night i used to record 300 yards from my house 600 yards from my house mm -hmm. go right around the corner of my friend's house mm -hmm. well I we're going to record in the same spot but i've got to bring my daughter home mm -hmm. so i've got to bring her home and then come back and then go back or i do move that to a weekend day but before we get to the end of this, I'm not separating myself from here on the weekends any more than I have to. There's a lot of transitions happening. Wonder, you were gone on Monday night and then Tuesday night's Well, volleyball. Monday night's going to stand. We've decided that Monday night's the best night for yeah, us to do and, it. And Monday night was nice for me, actually, because my mom had cooked on Sunday. So I ate leftovers on Monday, which we would have done anyways. If you had cooked on Sunday, I would have had leftovers on Monday, whoever cooks on Sunday. 
And it gives me the ability to just clean the house a little bit and just have some alone and quiet time and get some work done and have a nice dinner and listen to the record player. I had a really nice evening. And Monday was the full moon too, so I just kind of had my own time. Yeah, but now I'm just jealous. No, no, no. I was having my own creative fun. And then Tuesday, Tuesday is volleyball that's right volleyball now, night. but that's not forever. But so, and my daughter's schedule has changed now because of the fact that she's driving all the way out here and we're trying to like keep Listen. her off the roads late. And so that's a thing. But that's two nights in a row, Monday and now Tuesday, that we're not hanging. Uh-huh. Wednesday night, I think we've decided is recording night now. Yeah. See, even I, I, I think because I'm about to start entering into the farmer's market world because also the transition out to the farm changes my access to customers. So now I've got to go to them a little more before they were coming to me. And now I've got to go to them a little more. So farmer's markets are going to come into play at some point. It is definitely a a different stage and phase of life. My daughter got a part in the fall play at school, which means that she will have practice until 545 every night. I'm not going to go back, forth, and then back again. So that's going to put me home later every night of the week, which is going to have to move us into some kind of shift of meal prep because I don't want to get started on a meal that late every time. Well, what is the solution for anybody when you're going through that kind of stuff? I said, it's time for me to surrender. That's what I did. I said, I got to surrender to the flow and and stop like hassling where I'm supposed to be and what's supposed to be happening right now. What did you use an analogy back in season one and then season two? You talked about that you're floating down the river. And a boulder comes up in the way. Yeah. And you can beat on that boulder or you can figure out a way to maneuver on around it and on down the river, which is what your goal is to begin with. Mm -hmm. I think that you've got to get to a point where you say tradition for tradition's sake, or we always did it this way on Tuesday or Wednesday or Saturday, whatever it does go out the window. You surrender to the notion of coming up with the new normal is going to be because this change Mm -hmm. means we can't go back to what normal used to be. No. Normal will never be, it'll be new. Right. That's how I'm handling all of it. All of the things. I mean, even what we talked about last week about all the shifts and the transition that the whole world are going through. It's a surrender, a surrender to the flow. Let go and let God. I mean, I know that that's just what people say, but for real, there's no other choice, I think. Not if I want to enjoy it. Let's put it that way. Oh my God. We got way too many chickens heading our way to not enjoy what's about to go down. Yeah. When I look around at eight hummingbirds buzzing around my head and then I go outside into my lovely, beautiful permaculture garden. The weather tonight. That's the reason why I don't even want to be in this room is only to go outside and enjoy everything that we have. And the moon looked like a giant pie I could Uh, eat this last week. All of the planets were in alignment in a straight line and there's no light pollution. Are Are we counting our blessings? There's a billion moments. I mean, yeah, a million blessings. And all I have to do is stop for a second and watch the dog, which I'll tell you, (laughs) listen, he is transitioning into this life like a king. He just goes around from one great adventure to the next one. He goes out every morning with me to let the chickens out. And I, I say... Oh, by the way, I've, we got a new chicken door that's automatic. Right. You've told us that story. You, you can go straight with <laughs> your coffee to the excited. chair. You have no work to oh. do in the morning. Oh, you're right. You know what? I don't have to let the chickens out anymore. Mm-hmm. Huh. That may, may may let me sleep in. Nah, I don't know that I need... Hold on. I have to go back. Oh, wait. New normal. Ah! <laughs> you all just heard it happen. <laughs> so he goes outside in the morning, and I say he puts on his 
cowboy boots because he's a little tiny white furry. His hair's way too long and he's going to the groomer tomorrow. Furry feet are just covered in mud and yeah. sand. He From looks like he's wearing co- boots. The, by the time I'm outside, you're absolutely correct. It looks like he's got boots on. Yeah, I've coined it that he puts on his cowboy boots and he goes out and he stomps around in the sand. And then he comes inside and I keep telling him he's got to take his boots off at the door because keeps stomping. He's, he's literally tracking sand. He's, there are little footprints of sand Sometimes, all over the house. Most of the time when I get home, the floor looks you know immaculate but sometimes when i get home it looks as if he has made a map yeah like a kindergartner with finger paint like wow watch me look what i can do (laughs) and he's just hilarious he has these he has neighbors now so the neighbors come up to the fence these are the um miniature i think they're dexter cows okay but they're a little small fairly young herd of miniature cows and they come right up to the fence and they have a licking friendship. I mean, it's like Charlotte's Web. I'm not even That's kidding. Funny. He'll get be out in the big yard and he'll be running across the pasture. And he doesn't run. He bounds. Uh-huh. Doing, doing, doing. And I look up and he's chasing a butterfly. And that's not enough. This morning I get up and the moth has come in the house. And he's discovered the moth. And now he's chasing the moth. And he's jumping on the moth and he's playing with the moth. And all of a sudden, the moth doesn't work anymore. (laughs) And he just looks at me. He tries to get the moth. Come on, moth. Wake up. Wake up. Let's go, moth. We were playing a game, moth. Watching this little creature get to know his new home. He thinks everything is his bed. Every chair and every couch. One on every porch. Yeah, I had to ask him for a seat on the porch today. He's fascinating me. You wanted me to take him to the into town. Yeah. This is new. Into right. town for the groomer. For the groomer, yeah. And then he'll hang out with me after I pick him up from the groomer, and then I'll eventually come home tomorrow night. Right. He's taking yeah. a day. He's, he's, going, he's to going to this going to work. big little dog yeah. in the big city tomorrow. He's going to the salon. And you said, <laughs> with Halloween coming and not knowing when we're going to take him back did to the I groomer. Did I sound like that? Yeah, you did. I, I don't feel like I did. We've got to get it like a dye job. We got to do something. It's like do so, I want to do something fun. I want to get his hair dyed, and I think we should do it now because I'll if do we whatever wait, you do. I'm going to call you in the morning from there uh-huh. with the different color selections, assuming that they do this. I think that if they do something with the color black, yeah, and I don't know whether they do or not, but if they do, I think they could do like some bones. He could look Are like you talking he has about, bones. Oh, you talking about? You want to go full body skeleton? What if they made him look like he was in jail, like he had like stripes? Like a zebra. How fun would this be? So every year my dad gets together with a group of guys that he has known since not only high school, but also college. They all graduated from Texas A&M University. They get together for a big dove hunting trip at one of the guys' ranch here mm-hmm. in Texas. This year, my brother and my brother's son all went as well. Yeah. So they got to go on this really nice dove hunting trip. And as they were headed out the door, my mom had asked us if we would help take care of the dogs so they don't have to worry about the dogs and take the dogs. And of course not. That's what we're here for, right? So as they're heading out the door, I'm like, be sure to bring home some dove because I love to eat dove. And of course, because we do a lot of wild game of all different kinds, I mean, you guys have heard us name all kinds of things that we've used wild game for meat. 
the way we do it is very purposefully in as soon as we kill it, we eat it because then it's fresh and we have a delicious meal because of it. And so my mom made this dove stew. Is that what it's called? It's called Carolyn Lassiter's Morning Doves, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. She actually, the way she made the stew or the gravy, she did use some gluten-free stuff, right? Yeah, you dredge the dove in flour, mm-hmm. and she wanted to know if we had any gluten-free flour. Exactly. Gluten-free so, cornbread tonight, going the extra effort to make sure that you have your plenty. Right. Everyone does. You know, it's a, it's a good thing. I mean, I, I appreciate it is my point. I love that I can eat everything and then we just do a couple of shifts here and there. So Carolyn Lassiter's morning dove recipe actually comes from an old junior league cookbook yeah. down here in Corpus Christi. My mom had that cookbook. Your mom had that cookbook. Everyone had that cookbook I had in that town. cookbook. Yeah. My grandmother had that cookbook. Yeah. Book. This is impressive too because it says to use chili bikinis, which I grow, and then the white wine sauce and then water, and then beef broth, butter, flour, We she used gluten-free, and the dove, and that's it. And you just cook it down. Brown it, add the remaining ingredients, cover, cook over an open fire for two hours. Well, then it says that they added to it Camino onion and yeah, garlic. Yeah, she has some which, hand, handwritten of course, notes. Of course, I would definitely do that too. And then, oh, and then the other thing that she did was she took a tromboncino, because she's been trying to use my squash. She's been asking me, like, well, what kind of squash do you have? Because she knows I have a bunch of squash laying around my house. She said, do you have a tromboncino for this? I said, yeah. She threw that in there. It was delicious. It was kind of The tromboncino is becoming like... It's a really solid, yeah. good vegetable. Yeah. It's a more flavorful squash than the yellow ones you get at the grocery store. And it doesn't cook down as much right. as some of that stuff. It's got a nice meat to it. Yeah. It's a little bit sweet like a zucchini. It's no, so that was good. And then she cooked up the basmati rice, I guess, to go with it as well. And I was really impressed with it. I was actually the most impressed with that one again on night two. I had poured it all in together. That's what I ate on the night that you were um, recording the podcast. So I got to like have the leftovers of Mm -hmm. that and it had like all absorbed into the rice and everything. It was so good. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed again, another night where I didn't have to cook this idea of like the community Mm-hmm. You know, a commune, mm-hmm. that's the base word. Of course. You whispered, let's get chickens out loud enough. Your dad delivers a brooder box. Well, I two was days in the, later. and he knows that that's an important part of something I really need his help with for my business to be the most successful and for us to be able to, you know, my mom needs more eggs. She's just like, I'm so happy to have chickens on the farm again. And I, that's the thing is that if I can get coops built and chickens in places where they can do work for me, then we can have as many chickens as we want to have. This is the right community to do it. <laughs> well, hey, while we're in this intellectual vibe, why don't you kick over a question that we can deep dive into? I like this question a lot. You haven't heard it yet. What is the craziest dream you've ever had you know what the truth of the matter is i'm not sure i want to talk about my craziest dreams on public air i think that's what it is you wake up from sleep and you're having dreams that are so crazy that you can't even talk about them when your life is an open book here on the dinner table talks that's correct i think that if i'm shocking i think that if i'm authentic then I say that a boundary for me is that I have had the, if I'm answering the question, honestly, what is the craziest dream I've ever had? 
that's not something I want to share. Have you ever had a recurring dream? Well, sure. Like you're watching the same episode of a television show. I guess. My dreaming is weird. I go for very, very long periods of time where I don't dream at all. And then when I do dream, it's almost always very correlative. I'm going to stop you. The question is, what is the craziest dream you've ever had? You're chickening out, not answering. Now we're supposed to listen to your pontifications about the world of dreaming. No, the audience wants to know why you're not answering the question posed. But hey. Because the craziest dreams I've ever had, I care not to share. My craziest dream is a recurring dream. Hmm. I remember having it at least three times. I'm in my grandmother's home from my childhood in the kitchen. I can see it now. She goes to sleep, and I decide to dig into the floor where I find an underground, like, gnome community. And there is a volcano, like a lake of lava, that was really, really well represented in um, Attack of the Clones. Is that the one where Darth Vader burns up in the lava and then... This is a question okay. for Cortland Campbell, okay. not Aislinn Campbell. <laughs> and I'm on that lava river in a... Adventures of Huckleberry Finn <laughs> style raft. Okay, first of all, I do not think this is your craziest dream. I don't think that people that tell you they are telling you their craziest dream are being honest. But the second part of that is that I didn't say you were doing anything wrong. Go Just ahead. someone questions you, that doesn't mean that they're saying you did something wrong. Okay. <laughs> then two of my cousins show up. And we race down the lava river and then the kind of, the dream kind of peters out. Oh, that's what I was going to say is that I wonder whether you're, cause see my dreams are always like telling me stories of other things in other lives. What is this telling you? I've never found life lessons in this dream. Well, I, that doesn't surprise me, but that doesn't mean they're not, they're not there just cause you haven't found them. <laughs> Don't dig into your grandmother's floor. I mean, seems to be kind of it. Your perception of me is off base, dude. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. <laughs>